What's up, LinkedIn? This is Joe Lauji, the host of Recruiting is No Joke. And we're at episode 48. Super excited uh, for today's guest. And uh, always love to know who is out there. So if you can, uh, get in the chat. Let us know who's out there so I can say hi. And then if you've got questions as well today for the guest, as always, you can drop them in the chat. Um, and then as always, I want to give uh, a special thanks to MetaView. If you guys do not have MetaView, or if you haven't tried MetaView, I would definitely give them a try. It's free trial, and they have interview transcriptions. So if you're doing an interview with a candidate, if you're doing debriefs with hiring managers, intakes with hiring managers, MetaView will capture the whole conversation, so you don't have to type anything, and then they'll even summarize it for you. So if you're not, if you're still using your fingers to type and uh, you hate typing like I do, you need to check out MetaView. And again, you can check it out and you can check them out for free. I'll put the link on the show. So uh, on the show notes here, but uh, super excited for today's guest. Uh, so let us know who's out there. It looks like we got James out there. James said, hey, hey, um, great to see you, James. Who, are, who else is out there? Let us know. Let us know where you're calling in from um, and we will get started. So without further ado, I think that's the, the phrase. Jen, welcome to the show. How are you today? Awesome. Thank you. It's um, 11, 12 p.m. So hopefully I can be coherent. <laughs> Where and why don't, you, why don't you give some context to that? Where are you uh, calling in from? So I relocated six months ago from the U.S. to Dubai. So I'm in the Middle East. Wow. Okay. So you're going to have to walk us through. So first of all, why don't you... Uh, Give us a little bit of background on how you got started in in uh, the recruiting space, like how you got started in your position, and then uh, want to know more about what life is like in Dubai and, and what you're up to from a recruitment standpoint. Okay, great. Well, first, thank you for having me, and I, I'm excited uh, to talk to my fellow recruiters. It's an it's a, um, interesting world that we're in right now. Um, I probably, like most recruiters, happened into recruitment. It was by accident. Um, I was working for a consumer packaged goods company as an HR business partner, and they asked me to go out on some recruiting events for university recruiting. I loved it. I did, I did well enough that they started giving me some requisitions to work, and the next thing I knew, I was a full-time recruiter, and I haven't looked back. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I would say out of, I don't know, I must have interviewed 200 people by now um, in, in this show and past show. And I think I've only ever had one person that set out to be a recruiter. So what, what was it about? What was it about recruiting? Do you think that um, you enjoyed the most? Or like, what do you think was most appealing about it? So when you find that puzzle and, and there, there's a couple, when you have that recruiter gut and maybe someone doesn't look right on paper, but you know that their, their skill set is transferable and you pass them forward and they get hired, there's nothing better than that feeling. And, mm. um, and when you, you know, give someone a call them and make the job offer and you are literally changing lives, I think it's just, it's, it's such a phenomenal way to just feel rewarded um, when you have to deal with all the rejection and, and all the rest of the 
the stuff that gets hard, it's when you get that that puzzle piece right that it makes all the all the rest worth it. So walk us through what you mean when you talk about like a re the recruiter gut. What do you what do you mean by that? Because so, there are non-recruiters out there too who might not understand what you mean when you say that. I think I understand what you mean, but uh, what what do you mean when you when you say yeah, that? Yeah, so so sometimes um, I mean, there's definitely metrics in recruiting, and you can measure a lot. Um, but there there's a an anecdotal piece to being a recruiter mm. where you you meet a candidate and and you you know that that their skill set maybe um, isn't exactly exactly what the the manager is looking for. So um, maybe they don't have the exact experience, but their their skills are, are are a good enough match. And you you just in in you have this inside instinct that you want to push this candidate. And so there's just it, there's a reward in that I think um, where you just you follow that that instinct of being able to read people. I, I think that's what it is. You can read, you read people, and you can do it really well. Yeah, and Sarah just said uh, I love the idea of getting the puzzle piece in just the right place, um, unexpected. So I'm I'm curious too because uh, I completely agree with you, and I actually think that this piece and, and kind of what you're talking about now in terms of being able to see past the resume and you know almost be able to to kind of read people and know whether whether or not they're going to fit to me this is why hey guys i wanted to take a quick break to mention my sponsor metaview metaview is the ai assistant for interviewing it completely removes the need for recruiters to take notes during interviews because their AI is designed to take world-class interview notes for you. The result? You're safe from the drudgery of note-taking and can instead spend time on what actually matters, being present, curious, and engaging with candidates, then making high-quality decisions based on insight, not memory. also means your organization has 10 times better data about every candidate you speak to because you're no longer relying on people to remember everything that was discussed and submit accurate notes. Unlike humans, MetaView never gets tired. It doesn't forget anything and it structures the notes perfectly. Recruiters at companies like Brex, Robinhood, and Cura describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high quality interactions with candidates. MetaView lets them focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. See the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to www.metaview.ai backslash no joke to get started. And how recruiters are going to remain, you know, irre irreplaceable. Obviously, there's a lot of technology right now that can match up resumes and the sourcing technology. Uh, but to your point, there's this inherent Kind of like human instinct right of like oh these these two people work really well together so you know in in your years of, of experience in recruitment how do you get past hiring managers or how do you work with hiring managers uh that are looking for that ideal candidate and you bring them someone who you just know is a good fit but maybe they don't have that ideal background like how do you how do you work with hiring managers to get get past that yeah so um there there has to be a level of trust with the hiring manager and the recruiter. And that that first, it, it takes time 
And so new recruiters don't expect to, to have that, that relationship right away. But as, as I've delivered results to hiring managers, the more I've delivered results and delivered the good candidates and, and really come in as a strategic partner with, with the hiring manager, the more trust there is in me to the point where I have some managers where I'll, I'll interview a candidate and I'll be able to just put them on the manager's uh, calendar because they, they trust me enough to know. But it's also educating managers on, I always, I always start with an intake of what is your, what are your top three to five must haves? Obviously yeah. some roles you have, you know, must haves. What are your nice to haves? And what does a unicorn look like? And, and I'll do my best to find a unicorn, but they don't often exist. But I, I, and I, I teach my managers that you, you, sure, you want this, this perfect candidate, but explain to me the difference between your must and your nice to haves. And then, and then I just keep working with them. And, and it, again, it takes time and it takes those results. And then the trust is there. And then they see you as that true strategic partner and that you're on the same side that they're on. And that that's where you can really push a candidate that that maybe doesn't look quite right on paper. Yeah, I love that. Very cool. Well, I know we we just kind of jumped right into the conversation, and uh, I sometimes that happens, and I love that. But why don't you? Um, I know you you kind of fell into recruitment, uh, and why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and how you ended up uh, in Dubai? Yeah. So. I, I work for an energy uh, transformation company. Uh, oh. All right. It looks like we, uh, I know Jennifer was calling in on her cell phone, so it might have dropped out. Is it just dropped out for me? Anyone else out there? Sarah, you might still be out there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we were having a, we were having some technical difficulties. Yep, she's just dropped off. Uh, we were having some technical difficulties before. I uh, had an issue with um, her computer and being able to dial in. For some reason, it was just buffering on my end. This is what happens when you go international. Looks like she is back. Uh, did I? Am I back? Uh, yes, you are. You are back now. You are back now. Sorry. Oh, it's a, look, I Hey, love technology. <laughs> <laughs> this is I what happens. Love relationship with it. <laughs> well, this is, I have a um, love hate relationship with, uh, with LinkedIn live and just live shows. So this is what yeah, can happen. So, so walk us through what, how, how did you get started in, in Dubai? How did you end up over in Dubai? Yeah, so um, I started working for an energy transformation company that's, um, we were all about getting uh, to a net zero carbon footprint. And I was working for them in the US and working remotely from home, minding my own business. <laughs> I was working remote, 100% remote. Um, and our, I went to a conference in January, and my now boss's boss, the VP of HR for the um, Asia, Middle East, and Africa region, said, I have this head of talent acquisition in Dubai. Are you interested? And I'm a single mom with three teenagers, and I thought, Dubai? Oh, my gosh. 
Hell three no. teenagers. I'm, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to Dubai with three teenagers by myself. No way. Wow. Um, there's no way. Uh, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, my God, why not? I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I can. So let's do it. And my kids were sort of on board, sort of not on board. Um, but I thought, what a gift to give my kids to come out and have this international experience. And so I sold everything I own. I rented my home and I moved 7,800 miles away from home and moved in April, went back in May, got my kids after my daughter graduated high school and the four of us are here. Wow. Come on. All right. So let's, let's talk about the international hiring scene. What, uh, what are some of the biggest differences that you've seen with like how we do hiring in the U S compared to compared to, cause you're doing, did you say Middle East and Africa and, um, was it Asia, Pakistan? it's Middle and East. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I oversee all of hiring for the GCC in Pakistan. So Saudi Arabia, um, the UAE, Qatar, Bahrain, all, all of these regions. Um, it's interesting because there's a lot of similarities and then there are some giant differences. I think the biggest shock for me coming from the U.S. here is that we are allowed to ask family status, wow. visa questions. Um, a lot of people will put their birth date on their resume. What about a photos? Really a photos photo. pretty normal too. Yeah, photos are pretty normal. Yeah, right, on resumes. Photo, birthday, family status. Wow. All of it is on the resume. Okay. And in in fact, I finished my first interview, and I went to give feedback, and and I was asked, well, what nationality are they? And I said, I don't I don't know. And they said, oh, are they married? And I said, I don't know. And they, I had to go back and get all that data from the candidate later because that's perfectly legal to ask right at the beginning. So that was like huge. That's been a huge adjustment for me to have that be part of my normal routine. What about what about salary transparency? Like what's the salary game like over there? Yeah, so um, you asked just straight up. Well, so I'm I'm very transparent as a recruiter. I'm very honest and I want to manage expectations right from the beginning. So I I don't ask candidates what, where they currently are, but I, I ask them where their target is because I don't want to put them through an interview process only to find out at the very end that we're not aligned. And then I have really mad managers and really mad candidates. So I just, I, I, I finesse that question at the beginning, but um, you can ask them for a pay, you can ask them for a pay proof. You can ask them for a, a previous pay stub. For some of the roles we, we do, we verify, you know, you you tell me what you're paid, but I'm going to check with your HR and oh, wow. and so there there's a lot of um, a lot of that kind of uh, salary transparency. You you just the way it is, and a lot of the the way that the salaries work here is it's based on allowances. So you get a basic salary, and then certain companies offer certain allowances for living expenses. And there, there are different kinds of contracts. So there's local contracts, regional seconded contracts, um, international expat contracts, and they are all very, very different. 
and and the visa for each country is different. How long it takes people to get in country is different. Um, what kind of visa you get based on your your passport is different. So all of those nuanced pieces, you have to look at a candidate super holistically and be able to, to identify all of those pieces of a candidate from the very beginning. So how, how long does it take? I mean, it sounds like you're probably still kind of learning some of these nuances, or I'm sure there's stuff that just pops up every day. Uh, but how, how long did it take you to start feeling just comfortable with the overall recruiting process? So when I joined um, my organization, there wasn't a, a process that was really in place. And so one of the benefits of me coming in was being able to implement a process and get it going. So I feel I feel good because it's the process that I you know put put through. So, um, but I have to rely heavily on my team because I have a, an executive onboarding coordinator that takes care of all of the the little pieces of the visa and the you you have to get to get your visa. You have to have your documents attested. So, for example, my master's degree. I had to have the United States stamp it and say, yes, this is this is from the United States. Then it had to come back from the embassy and then it got stamped here. It got translated into Arabic. And so now I have an Arabic diploma. And um, and so she handles all of the attestation of all of those documents. And then I have another um, employee that does all of the Ministry of Labor and all of the getting your Emirates ID so you can be a resident because this entire place is, is full of expatriates. And so, um, you know, everyone has to have their resident card and he handles all of that. He's like a magician in the background. And so I have to rely on my team so heavily to teach me how to legally recruit and make sure that we're in compliance so that employees can start on time. And could we, do we have them start on what kind of visa and when does their family come and all of that? And so I, I thank goodness I have smarter people that I'm <laughs> surrounded with that can, that can help me through all of that process. I would be, I, I think I would be lost uh, with, with all, <laughs> yes. all of that. It sounds like a ton. What about in terms of, uh, yeah, the, how, how you get a hold of people, obviously in the U S we rely pretty heavily on like LinkedIn and email and you know, I'm sure there's some cold, cold warriors out there. <laughs> yeah. What, what, you know, what's the process this, like over there? Yeah. So, and this actually rings true, I think for every recruiter to really understand your candidate, right? This mm. becomes super important because one of the things that I started asking right away was asking managers when I would get a, a new recruiting you know, mandate, I would say, if you were, going to apply for this job, where would you be applying? I want to make sure I'm using the right job boards. I want to make sure I'm using the right vocabulary. I want to make sure that I'm looking in the right places. And so um, we do we do post on Indeed and our applicant tracking system automatically wraps to Indeed and LinkedIn and, you know, those typical, you know, the corporate functions that I think they're still using that. But um, we use a lot of... Uh, passive candidates where we'll ask them who they know. And then it's very word of mouth here. It's a very interesting um, 
strange where they, they hear of you. So then they reach out to you. Um, we use WhatsApp in the U S we did not use, I, I don't think I ever used WhatsApp to get a hold of a candidate. Oh, that's, here. that's like total like European, like the rest <laughs> of the world know. is just all over WhatsApp. Always. So if I can't get a hold of a candidate, it's, I send them a WhatsApp and then I tell them I sent them an email and that's how they go. That's how they know to go and check their email that I've asked them to interview. Um, so we use we use WhatsApp more than than anything um, as far as communicating back and forth with candidates. Um, it's it's just it's an interesting uh, change. But there we have some different job boards here that are local job boards. And another interesting thing about the region is balancing agency usage and direct hiring. So in the U.S., the mandate was, you know, you don't like try really hard not to use an agency because um, they're expensive. And here it's turned those over to agencies because either they're really niche or they their database is bigger than LinkedIn in the region. And so there's there's a balance that, that we have where we um we, we have to um, strategically plan with agencies and um, and then on-site hiring Robert Walters, that's, that's the only one that I know that's out there. I feel like they're just huge everywhere out there. They are, but we I get hit up every day by an agency either in my inbox or LinkedIn. There's so many agencies. What stands there. out to you from like, an, like, are there any kind of like standout things that you see from agencies that have worked well or is everyone's kind of got the same pitch? No, so the ones that work well are the ones that'll come and meet me in person. Everyone wants my time and they wanna meet me for a coffee or they wanna, you know, um, and it depends how, if they're too aggressive, I, I, it's really off-putting for me. And so if they have to kind of, I mean, it's a relationship building, right? Cause it's all about collaboration and I want to work really well and very strategic with those agencies. Um, but when they come on site and if they come across like a used car salesman, I won't, I won't work with them They're They just give me that like, okay, you're, you're just, I, this is not going to work. And so I'll, I, I will meet with them. I will hear what roles they're very good at. I will look at their reviews and then, you know, we'll give them a, a mandate and, and have them work it. And it's those, it's the agencies that, that deliver and they, they, they deliver on time with good candidates that then we go back to. And I try to keep, keep the agencies, uh, you know, where we, we just have a few that we know are good agencies that are going to get us good candidates instead of just, you know, throwing them out, but some, some come across just really aggressively and it's really off-putting. Well, that's, that's your lesson agencies. Don't be, uh, <laughs> don't be too aggressive. What about, uh, what about, um, you know, obviously over here as well, like a lot of talk about AI throughout the recruitment process. And interestingly enough though, I was, I was in a meeting recently with a lot of um, leaders in a TA space and you know, a big organizations. And it doesn't seem like there's a ton of movement with like AI products uh, with larger, with uh, kind of larger companies. I think maybe just the time to research like what works and there's a lot of privacy issues. So, so what's what's kind of the, the is, is there anything kind of regionally wise when it comes to AI that you guys are looking at or like have to stay away from? Like, are you implementing AI at all in, in your processes? No, not, I mean, we're still pretty, we're really manual right now. Um, 
and I, I, you know, I know it's coming and I know that it's, it's, it's what we're, we're facing, but going back to what we talked about, you know, toward the beginning is you can't replace a recruiter. I mean, yes, you can automate some things and yeah. you can, you know, have some, some of these tasks that, that maybe are time consuming that you can offload in an AI type world. But I, if we, if you take a recruiter out of the recruitment, you're, you're going to miss, I mean, a, a computer I and mean, people have these tricks and tips about getting your CV through an ATS and the, oh, oh, you hear it, you get all this bad advice on TikTok and, and, but you, not you, not you, but you <laughs> okay. know what I'm saying, where you're I like, do. who told you that? That's not from a real recruiter. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. It, you can't, yes, I think there's some really great tools. Like I, now I need to go and look up MetaView because today I was typing notes and I'm like, this is a waste of time. So I think there's <laughs> yeah. a space for it, right? Like I think there's, there's a definite uh, space, but you can't remove the human no. out of, out of TA, you can't remove the human out of HR. You you can't. If you do, and if companies go and pendulum swing all that way because they're going to save money or they think, oh, yeah, we can have, you can't have a robot read people. It just, it, it will, it it won't work. So, yes, there's a space for it. We're, we're not there yet. We, in a way, we're, you know, we're, we have some pretty long drawn out processes that I'm working on fixing, but um that that hasn't quite hit us although i i get you know sales calls all the time for try this ai tool for you and so there's certain parts i think would be awesome to automate and then other parts that i think you I, my heart and soul is in this and a beating heart is what's going to get the good candidates yeah and look i think the best ai is the uh, are the tools that help you become like more human. So for example, I mean, obviously I'm biased because of, of MetaView, but any of these interview transcription tools, it's really smart, right? Because it allows you to be more engaged in the actual conversation yeah. rather than engaged in notes. So you're somebody yeah. who like, I'm a bad note taker, but I'm great at connecting with people. So if I can connect with someone more and that part's taken, you know, the, the note taken, the admin side is taken care of and it's got the summary that works well. I think where it starts to become a little bit more challenging is when, you know, especially, and this is, you know, I've, I work with obviously like companies that, that, um, you know, will source people. And I've, I've worked with a tool that actually helps job seekers automatically apply for, for jobs. And I think it's being able to implement that and know where to use it to save time. But to your point, yeah. What, what what I think is going to happen is even with messaging, I think it's just louder and louder and loud and everything gets louder. So yeah, because, because AI is making messaging and emails way easier than it was. What happens? Well, you get way more messages and way more emails. So I think being able to number one, understand, like you said, your candidates and understand what's going to motivate them. I think taking more time, to look at candidates and have a compelling message. I, I think actually becoming more human is going to be more valuable. And then figuring out like, what are some ways that this can augment what we're doing? Or if we're trying to run with a lean team, like how can AI kind of help us run a little bit more lean? Um, but yeah, I just wondered if there was like any, even just from like a regional standpoint, like what, what AI is looking like in the Middle East, if it's something which is like 
everybody's take you know like falling in love with or if there's no one's into it yeah i think i mean i think some organizations probably are for us we we don't we're not using it right now if you go to the museum of the future i'm sure there's all kinds <laughs> of you know, <laughs> so. neat things there but um from a recruiting standpoint not not right yeah. now we're not um i and and i do think there's a you know a place for it and i'm all about just figuring out how to be more effective and efficient and i'm that recruiter that hates the administrative side of recruiting and i i love kpis because you have to measure to know where you are to get better but that administrative side i wish it would i want it to just automate itself because i love connecting with the candidates to then put the puzzle together for the business and get these really great results and it's that other part that i think oh i have to put this in a spreadsheet and send it to the manager and and so if there was a summary for me oh, that sounds amazing right I love that. What What about in terms of, uh, I guess, like anything, anything creative you guys are doing, you know, from a recruitment standpoint or anything that's kind of different from from the U.S.? I'm just curious, like, are, uh, you, are you guys big into like in-person events and like kind of create in-person events for hiring? Or I guess what, what are some of the kind of differences that you see or anything kind of creative that, you, that your team's doing or that you're seeing in the market? Yeah, so... Um my my organization in particular we like i mentioned we're an energy um sustainability company so we're in the renewable energy space here really heavily um and we had two really big desalination power plants that were set to open and, and we we're in the middle of a mobilization and it became oh my gosh we have to get these we have to get these requisitions filled and there's a balance, this is another tricky thing about the region, is balancing expats and local talents. And you have to have a balance per the government. And it's different what that looks like per region. And so these two big desalination power plants required a mobilization and we had to think through how do we do this? And so there was an on-site hiring event at a hotel um, you know, we invited candidates, very old school, right? Very, very old school of sourcing candidates, inviting them in, having them go through HR and then meeting with the plant general manager right then and there, walking away with an offer um, so we could guarantee a candidate you come and, and if you pass, you're going to walk away with your offer in hand. Um, so that that was something that we did in June. So that was a really I mean, I'd only been here eight weeks. Um, so that was that was a really fun thing. We so at my previous company in the U.S., um, I helped run an intern program. We had a really robust intern program in a consumer packaged goods company, and so I am fortunate enough that I get to do that. And university recruiting is one of my favorite favorite things to do. And so now we're doing. Um, we're doing some university recruiting, recruiting fairs, you know, career fairs are so fun. And a difference here is that companies don't have to pay to go to career fairs here. So oh, you wow. get really, you get companies that really, I mean, that you get a lot of companies. So I went to one and my poor recruiter, I took him with me. He'd never been to a career fair. It was from 11 to four and he lost his voice. We didn't, we had a line the entire time and he still has this scraggly voice because he had never talked 
quite for that long. Should have had AI do the do the the, do the conversation. He would have had his voice. <laughs> a little robot. That feels very Dubai. A, a robot to just. Yeah. We'll just tell you who we are. But it, it was just really fun. There's just a level of excitement in universities. It's so fun. So that's a new thing for us um, that, that isn't, I mean, exactly a creative thing. But one thing also that we are doing is um, we're very involved in COP28 that's coming to the UAE in November. And so um, we've been fortunate enough to have some partnerships with universities and looking at what that looks like. And we... Um, we have a youth development program that we are doing right now where we invited students to um, apply for this program. We were very selective and every Friday they come on site to our headquarters and they get soft skills training. They get um, opportunities to network with our leadership and learn about these um, pieces of renewable energy and what does it really mean? And then they get to do a fresque at the end where they get to present it at COP. And there's some some things like that that are helping us to build our employer branding and get our ambassadors back on campus um, from a university standpoint, which I think is a really neat opportunity that I, I didn't get to do anything like this before. And it's it's been a really cool experience. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, even, even when you're saying about like the old school kind of strategies. I, I honestly think the old school is going to make somewhat of a comeback because I think how, with how digital everything's gone, like obviously digital is great, right? Like it, I, I'm a big fan of social media. I'm a, a big fan of digital. Uh, but I also think that there's a huge untapped potential with like the, with those types of events you're talking about and just being able to meet people and, and create like a buzz and, um, I think with a lot of the processes too right now, you know, Canada experience keeps on coming up and it seems like the more technology that's in play, the longer people have to wait, the longer these processes yeah. get drawn out. And I think then there, there is like a demand for, for some jobs, like people, if they're able just to go and meet with the team, make a decision and walk away with an offer, um, could work really, really well. So, so love that. Well, I know, uh, we're kind of running out of, out of time here. So where, where's the best place for people to connect with you? um obviously linkedin any other platforms that you're you're active on tiktok it sounds um, like I'm, I'm what's that i said tiktok <laughs> hey i'm on tiktok i do love tiktok i can't i best. just i can't help it yeah i'm documenting my journey um on tiktok for my friends and family just to experience so what cool. it's like to be an american in dubai there's actually not very many americans in in dubai surprisingly mm. um so yes, I am on TikTok, and then of course LinkedIn. I'm I'm active on LinkedIn, and I'm always happy to connect with with um, job you know job seekers that are trying to figure out what to do, especially in this tumultuous market, students, etc. But yeah, LinkedIn, and yes, I am on TikTok, and I do follow you on TikTok. <laughs> uh oh, I look. I I just set up uh, another channel, but that's a whole no, whole nother thing. I got like oh. channels, <laughs> channels right now, but uh. But guys, well, look, what I would say is definitely go and connect with Jen and, uh, you know, when, send the connection request. Just be patient. Uh, she's not hanging out on LinkedIn all day like me. She's actually uh, running a talent team and doing big things. Okay, so uh, but reach out, say, hey, I saw you on the show if you've got questions. And then, uh, guys, we'll, we will be back, I believe, Monday, uh, potentially, but it's either Monday or, or next week, Wednesday. So. 
Uh, if you've got questions for myself or you know any of the guests, you can always reach out to me. Again, just be patient. I get a lot of uh, a lot of messages. Um, and another special shout out to uh, to Metaview. I know we talked about them throughout the show, but definitely appreciate the support and being able to make this show possible. And Jen, thanks so much for your time. I'm glad we were able to make it work with all of the tech difficulties we had going on. But uh, that's that's the joy of the live show. So thanks so much for uh, for spending your your night with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone. And I'll look forward to any connections that come. I appreciate the time for you, too. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. I'm going to end this stream.